Hello and welcome to Undaunted, where each episode I talk with podcasters from all walks of life to discuss what went well, what went wrong, and what just didn't matter. We'll share the good, the bad, the many laughs and lessons along the way. I'm Amos, and today I'm joined by Mary Nichols, a.k.a. DJ Fusion of Fusebox Radio and BlackRadioIsBack.com, and, notably, a TEDx Orlando speaker. Mary, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Uh, I am I am in such a better mood now than when I woke up just from our brief conversation and getting things going. Um, it's... I, I, it's one of those things where you have like a, a, a charisma about you just through your voice that people want to listen to. Uh, something I noticed when you were when I previewed your podcast before the show. Um, I'm very happy to have you on. You've got uh, you've got some interesting points of view, and I can't wait to hear your podcasting story. All righty, cool. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to um talking, and thanks for having me um, on board. This should be fun. All right. Um. So, so let's get started. Uh, back in the beginnings, when did you start podcasting? Now, you you started as as a DJ in college, right? Um, yes, I did. I started um, my radio show, which ended up being the podcast, inevitably, um, the Fusebox Radio Broadcast, while I was a student at um, Rutgers University. I'm um, shout out to WRSU in 1998. Essentially, I was one of those people who was a part of the station on the side, and actually I worked for the um, music department. And I ended up running to my mentor, and they ended up helping me being able to get a show. And I'm pretty sure they probably expected me to not be there after a while because I had like a midnight to two slot mm. <laughs> at the time, smack in the middle of the week. But my dorm, by God, the universe, or whatever people believe in, sheer luck, was literally right across the street from the radio station. Nice. So I was like, yeah, I can do this show and roll right back and go to sleep or do whatever else I need to do. And I maintained that over there until I moved from New Jersey to the D.C. metro area where I currently reside. We started the podcast um, via Podomatic around 2008. And um, we actually started a podcast since one of my DJ friends um, at the time was talking about, hey, there's this new thing called podcasting and help you get your show out. To more places and for us it was like hey this sounds interesting we'll do you know a few episodes here and there see how things go and it essentially was like holy crap we're getting feedback from all over the world about us essentially playing music and like you know part of my language talking shit on yeah. um, this show and that just became more and more encouraging to go forth and do that and actually through our podcast um, we were able to start syndicating a bit via um, internet radio stations and a few other places and we just continued it since and luckily the technology has grown with us along with how podcasting has mm -hmm. been where now I have the um, home studio where people record the show and um, distribute things nice nice so you've been podcasting for coming up on eight years now yeah it feels really really crazy <laughs> like i've i've made a joke one or two times i'm like god it's kind of frightens me i'm like i've had my radio show been more of a stable thing in my life than any relationship i've had <laughs> on a um, romantic end and yeah. all of that but it's literally been um, half my life i've been doing this show now that brings up an interesting that. point i didn't start podcasting until um 2014 middle middle mid 2014 um, where I was already fully established in a relationship. Now, how has the podcasting affected, like directly affected your relationships as you're, you know, attempting to establish one or, or, or not, you know? It's, it's very weird because it's like right now when one deals with people, they take podcasting more seriously. Um, beforehand, 
like people knew I've been do I was doing my show and everything for a while, so it was definitely a part of my life. But when you have that argument of somebody's like you and your little show and podcast, <laughs> you pretty much know that's what your relationship is <laughs> on the decline. It's about to come to an end. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, like um, again, I'm like one well, more people. I'm like I'm an adult. Y'all, you came into this in a particular way. This is going to take up some of my time. And besides me recording and distributing the show, you know, I also DJ at other events. I also talk at various places. And for some people, I think it was honestly a bit much to see that it was that much of a part of my life where it's like, this is not a hobby. This is not cute. I have an LLC for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm taking this very um, seriously right. as a side business and a communication. And plus, it's just something I love to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I love you, but I love to do this. And this is one of those things I'm going to put out front. Like, this is a defended part of my life. I have a nine to five. I have this. I have other stuff I need to do. This is uh, this is there, and you don't want to be messed up. But it's just they're like, we all have our own different obligations. This is one of my obligations, right? And when you start seeing that it's a very real obligation for some people who might already have, I guess, insecurity issues. I think it makes them more nervous, especially because you're getting attention from other places right? and other angles. And it's not like you're using it like, you know, to flirt and kick it with somebody <laughs> or whatever. Right. But is, is, is... I think that being very honest, looking at certain um, past relationships, they didn't take it serious until they saw that other people were taking it serious mm-hmm. and it made them nervous. <laughs> so for anybody who's getting involved in something, um, just I guess that would just be one of those things that people should really look out for and um, just be in step with. And I think because of my angle of doing things on a music industry level on top of other stuff, I think it just built up and up and up where we're just like, you're at these events. There are a whole bunch of men. There's a whole bunch of men when I walk down the street. What does that matter? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. a loyalist. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that's not going to make me even ponder disloyalty is you getting on my damn nerves and that's crazy. And by then we can just break up because I don't like, I don't like messiness. Yeah. <laughs> a life on um, that level. But um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things now, like when I talk and deal with people, I just think maybe because it's more in the mainstream spotlight, I think in a weird way, the serials of the world and the NPRs and other stuff made people realize it was quote-unquote a thing, like mm-hmm. a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I hate to have to say it that way, but you know how people are when it gets yeah. to that type of stuff. Well, I mean... Or it's like, oh, this 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 is an endeavor. And then you had the other side of people who might be there like, oh, I'm going to hop on this way because you're already doing it. It's like, I'm not your step stool. Right, right. For a communications yeah. career. Yeah, exactly. Or a career, you know? So, um, compared, to other, compared to other mediums, uh, you know, Podcasting is still in, in its infancy. It's only been around uh, roughly ten years. Uh, radio's been around since you know the the teens, the nineteen teens. Uh, TV since you know the forties or fifties. So uh, compared to those mediums, you know, podcasting's only been it's only ten years old. It's it's really only since a couple years ago really started catching on and making it big. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been an interesting transition, and to have someone like you that's been you know that's been in you know been doing this for seven eight years out of that 10 years you know that's i'm sure you've seen some transitions you know different ways of of communicating of putting it out there and uh you know different technologies so what what is the biggest change that you've seen in in podcasting since you started 
Um, there's a few. I would definitely say that you have way more means of being able to do and start a podcast than you were beforehand. Like now, literally every computer has some type of free recording program you can use. You can get your mics easy. You can find decent stuff to mix your podcast down. I think it's more... It was more of a Wild West thing in terms of learning like how to actually get your podcast out there. Like I literally had to learn SEO and all that stuff on my own because I had no idea what the hell any of that meant. <laughs> and at the time when we were really starting the podcast, I was woefully un- underemployed thanks to the economy mm. at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, it's like, well, I might as well learn all this stuff because what else do I got to do on top of working crazy hours at a job I'm not crazy about <laughs> and all of that. Right. Um, on the end of how podcasts are perceived, especially in the hip hop realm, it's been fascinating to see the change because I remember when I think podcasts and blogs almost started kind of getting more of a mainstream notice of popularity around the same time frame. Mm-hmm. So in the hip hop realm, it was almost like, look at these nerds doing this podcast thing and, and writing on these blogs. Why aren't you trying to be at a big station like a Hot 97 or something to go write for a big magazine like The Source or Vibe and all of that. And in the next few years, all these personalities now have podcasts. Right. Or blogs or side blogs. And there's a few of us who are just there admittedly like, y'all were talking a whole bunch of shit beforehand. (laughs) Y'all were talking all the trash in the world about how this thing is worthless and nobody really cares about y'all's little opinions and all of that. But now these are the people who want to use their name from old media mm-hmm. to this new media. Some have been successful, some not so much. And in a weird way, I think it's because they're used to having to put on an artificial personality for yeah. mainstream acceptance, whereas the podcast, especially for people who've been doing it, let's say the past, I'll go as far to say maybe past five or four years, maybe not necessarily at the beginning, where you're like this kind of free willing. It's like you, you like the attitudes and the music that's being played or you don't. Yeah. And you get your crew of dedicated people who are down to, you know, listen to that and, you know, engage in the give and take. Whereas some of these other personalities, which is kind of funny when I look at them in the podcast realm, they're not really as used to people just saying whatever's on their mind in terms of what they do. Mm-hmm. It's you're not you're not necessarily in a closed bubble anymore. Right. You're not in the tastemakers. Well, I hyped up this joint back in 1998. That's cute, but it's 2015. <laughs> what you know? Yeah. It, it's cool that you have that history. People aren't going to disrespect it if it's something that's very solid. But you're in this realm right now. You know, are we getting a taste of your personality and you know the aspects of your life you want to put out there and the stuff that you actually genuinely like? Since it's very weird to me to see a top 100 DJ get a podcast and just do top 100 music. <laughs> yeah, that 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 never quite seems right. It it almost seems a seems a, a, a farcical that that. Like, why are you trying to bring that here instead of maintaining there? Uh, why not bring something new to the to podcasting, uh, new about yourself or new to the world of podcasting? Exactly. Like, I know DJs here who work for major stations, but when they have their podcast, they'll, you know, delve more into the independent end or, you know, older music end or other types of stuff that they don't necessarily get a chance to do because of the way their job is structured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to me, that's more interesting. Like, oh, they're kind of into this type of thing because, you know, I've I've seen the other side of things. I, I get it. You can only do so much because of the, what your contract says mm-hmm. over there. But here, you're supposed to be able to free, you know, to kind of have more of a chance to actually do that free form thing. Mm-hmm. 
most people want to do. You get to expose a little more of yourself than here to Billboard Top 100 list and you can only play these singles. Right, right. Regardless of how it's mixed and stuff. This is where you're supposed to be free. And to have people not do that to me seems like a waste of time and storage space and all of that. Like, it almost seems like a very blatant, I'm going to quote unquote expand the brand move. Yeah. Yeah. And the listening audience, I think now, is very much not so much into that. Like, you're going to have people who are going to carry over with that. But, you know, I think a lot of the podcast listening audience wants that little bit of something different. Right. Now, um, like you're going to have a comfort zone, but you still want to have that little teeny bit of off the beaten path. You, you mentioned a little bit the, the perception of podcasting as a nerd craft. And uh, I can speak from personal experience. My wife thinks that me podcasting is a complete waste of time. That it's uh, you know th- that it's just something I do. Like back in the day, I played D and D, and now the the jocks are doing uh, fantasy sports. Um, and you know now I'm I'm podcasting, and I'm I'm waiting for that transition point where it's socially acceptable to say, "Hey, I'm a podcaster," and it's actually taken seriously. It's not just something that's brushed off as a as a hobby. Um, but you've been doing this four times longer than I have. What, what perception changes have you really noticed? Like, can you give exact, uh, specific examples of, of any perception changes, any, any conversations that you've had with certain people that have, that have shown you that the podcasting is going through a transition? I think from my angle of things, um, especially dealing with a lot of music artists, independent and otherwise, I've seen podcasts now being taken way more seriously than they used to be. I would be able to go to a music conference and be like, hey, you know, my name is Mary Nichols, a.k.a. DJ Fusion of the Fusebox Radio. I got a college radio show, and oh, we podcast too. And nobody would care about the podcast part. Even mm-hmm. though to me, I'm just there like, hey, you know, that gets you to people all over the world. Mm-hmm. In other ways, like, yes, the FM side where I was at is cool. We have a nice reach there. But besides the New Jersey, New York metro area, you get to heard all over the world, I can give you stats about we get this many downloads per week in Japan. We get this many downloads per week here in streams. And it was just there like, oh, yeah, podcast, meh, whatever. Now it's just there like, yo, I heard about your podcast. <laughs> it's like, huh, this is different. But there's also more podcasts out there right. um, on all these various angles that people have been able to grow and build and expand with. And when you have you know, people being able to, if they're even remotely taking a career seriously, Google themselves and be like, where's my music being played? Mm-hmm. Damn, a lot of podcasts are playing me. Or some of these artists, I've seen their careers up and grow like crazy with how the technology has grown. It's like, oh, well, this show has played and interviewed, let's just randomly pull up a name, Killer Mike. And they play my stuff too. I can say that this show that has pretty damn good, you know, stats and ratings, it's playing my stuff and it's getting out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's definitely more of a thing where people are like, oh, you are accessible on iTunes. Or I can pull up my phone and I can, like, I was at a conference a few weeks ago. They're like, oh, I can pull you up on Stitcher. Right. They just type the Fusebox radio and they say them to the place, like, I'll, I'll check you out. Like, it's, I feel, think it's looked at on some levels as a nerd thing, but with the mixture of just the growth of the technology plus, some of the old school guys now trying to get into podcasting it's looked at more seriously like um let me see who can i bring up as a good example um sway and tech show 
Uh, people know them through their orig- original place in California to the Sirius XM, and now they podcast their show. Mm-hmm. So you'll have people just there like, oh, which I guess is a weird follow the leader type of thing, which sucks sometimes, but I think it's kind of helping out people. It's like, oh, these guys are hopping onto it. We need to hop onto it too. Oh, damn, these other guys have been doing it for way longer than these guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's see what's going on. There's more music companies that specifically cater to podcasters. Right. For music servicing where it didn't used to be that way. Like if I was only had a podcast for the past few years, they would have been like, you want promo music for your show? Why? (laughs) What's a podcast? You know, like Internet radio was barely getting semi-stable and all of that. That was just there, like, oh, you got, like, I can literally go to these websites and be there, like, oh, what do you do? Um, are you a mix show DJ? Are you a club DJ? You have a podcast. Like, it's a legitimate thing. Nice. You know, so, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's been very interesting seeing that growth explode in the past few years. We're just there, like, oh, internet nerds who like hip hop, but they're not going with the flow to, ah, damn, I'm just starting out. I need, or, or maybe the, the old school hip hop guys who aren't really getting their play on these big stations anymore for corporate reasons and more, mm-hmm. or like, I can go to these podcasts. Mm-hmm. I can go to this net rate. I can still keep my stuff alive. I can still get my interviews on, my music played, and get hype at particular places when I'm touring. Like, it's becoming more of a part of normal life, I guess, on the communications end, and I'm hoping it continues to be that way. Cool. Um, one, one thing that I see, especially from your aspect, uh, being you know a, a music DJ, uh, you know playing hip hop and things like that, and going with the with the podcast flow, is how your podcast is essentially like a, a way of syndicating a mixtape back from back in the day when you know they just hand them out and hope they got copied and hope somebody noticed them. Um, it's more of a, a better distribution method for that. So, I think that's a that's one of those things that that the podcasting brings to it that. No other media can really bring that because you can't you can't make five hundred copies of it and mail it out to radio stations and just hope and pray anymore. Um, uh, not at all. Nobody's going to care. Yeah, people who are into music stuff, I'll tell you right now, and I hate to say it, nobody cares about your CDO. <laughs> nobody cares. You're better off investing in some USB drives and having your information and music on there because I've seen people literally throw away CDs. Yeah, without and it, I'm without like, it hurts because I know how much that stuff costs, but it's like. They yeah. don't care no more. Yeah. How many people play a CD in their car now? If it's if it's new, I, I'll put it this way: if it's new, I still play CDs, but my car had a CD player. Yeah. But yeah, people <laughs> don't have that no more. They they're plugging in their aux cord or they're streaming via their Bluetooth. Yep. And you know, like my car actually has a USB thing where if I got a USB, I'd be able to plug it in and drive and play it. Yep. Yep. So it's. You know, it's it's that type of thing. And, yeah, it's one of those ways that you could truly say that my music is getting all over the place and distributed quickly. And you can see these charts and all of this tracking that they didn't even have a few years ago. And, and that they have engage now. in that audience as well. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know any podcast that takes itself seriously that doesn't have a way to engage with uh, not only the, the podcasters, but the guests and things like that as well. Um, especially when it comes to Twitter, uh, blogs, things like that. There's always a method of engagement. I think that's really, really important for not only podcasting, but for the podcaster and the guests to be able to have that engagement. Because I think that's something that, that no other media, you don't get that from TV or from radio, um, but you definitely get that with podcasting. I think that's very, very important. 
Oh, definitely. Like, there's definitely um, fellow podcasters I know. They'll do the live chats, and every every podcaster I know has a Twitter, bare mm -hmm. minimum. Some have Facebook groups that are insanely lively, where it's like, I need to try to work, but this conversation that's going on in this podcast group is really awesome right now. So right. I I'm going to do this spreadsheet really quickly. I'm going to look at my phone and then go from there <laughs> and all that. Not encouraging people to look on Facebook at work, but, you know, let's... Every, Let's be honest. We know what happens. Everybody needs a break. Everybody needs a break. <laughs> everybody needs a break, and they need to relax. And honestly, with podcasting, too, which is a market I don't think people think about when they're tapping into it, if you're doing your 9 to 5, you're actually able to listen to something at your job. Mm -hmm. Podcasts can save your day. Yes. Yes, especially. It really, really can. Especially like if you, you just put a, on your Stitcher or TuneIn or what whatever you have downloaded on your iPod. Yep. You're just there like, yes, this podcast I like is extremely long today. This will make me right to lunch. Yep. <laughs> Do one or two more. That can go home. And uh, my, my personal favorite is commutes. Uh, I've I've got probably over two hundred thousand miles of driving, which I know truckers are like, yeah, whatever. But um, you know, for for your average civilian, two hundred thousand miles of driving in the last couple of years is is that's a lot of driving. And sure. shows like uh, Buzz Out Loud, which is my first podcast that I ever listened to uh, from CNET, and. Uh, stuff you should know these these long form you know half hour 45 minute an hour long conversations about a single topic or a single uh, set of topics um it keeps you engaged keeps your mind going and can really help with long well i find they can really help with long drives to keep me awake and thinking as opposed to just droning on 200 miles later um my wife on the other hand she listens to a podcast and it's people talking and she immediately falls asleep cuz she likes to hear people talking when she sleeps so <laughs> um but i yeah, think that's a, that's another it does avenue. save me for my podcast i do have to say like there's certain things i automatically stream and download and i'll you know try to go on twitter and give them props like this got me through rush hour traffic in dc today yeah <laughs> thank y'all for that no. Um, or wow, there's there's three new ones. Thank God, I can play something. <laughs> I listen to like regular radio, which to me so much feels like it's the same songs, it's the same banner, especially morning radio. Yeah, it's like uh, I personally can't stand it. Yeah, so you, you can only like, Steve Harvey or a part or a podcast. I'm going to roll with the podcast. Yeah, you can only hear the same joke or the same style of joke so many times before it gets really old. And and the the morning shows and and the radio hosts and things like that they. I feel, in my experience, they tend to recycle themselves through the same process every week. And it's just, it, it gets, I'm sure there's some people out there that are like, yes, that's my thing. I like I like that comfort level. And I like to, to understand the humor as it's happening, as opposed to having it brought on me. And I'm sure there's podcasts out there that are the same way, that if you listen to them long enough, they just kind of drone on with the same thing. But there's so much more variety in podcasting than any radio station I guarantee you're ever going to find. Um and I think that's that's another another aspect of podcasting that that I don't know if is appreciated as much as just how much how accessible it is versus you know terrestrial radio and uh, things like that, that that you can get anywhere that you can carry a phone to. Oh sure, definitely. Like doing long travels, like podcasts are awesome to me. Like I love music, but I'll get tired of music sometimes. I'll want to hear people talk and conversate about different types of stuff and. Every place only has so many radio stations right. before you get bored or you might miss the programming that you want to hear and they're on to, you know, their next block of programming. And you're just like, well, I'm screwed for a minute, 
but you got a podcast or two that can help you carry through for a while. And you do have so much diversity in podcasting. It's one of those things to me. I'm like, if you don't have a voice for something that you're into, you're probably not looking hard enough because I ran into some crazy podcast. (laughs) And I'm like, people talk about this. Holy crap. Okay. And like, it's a thing, but it's like, that's the wonders and beauty of like the entire free expression, free speech vibe. Like you'll find something that you like Mm -hmm. through a podcast. Um, And that wonderful search button will make you stumble into a wormhole of stuff. In in eight years of podcasting, I'm sure you've had your fair share of of trials and tribulations and and things that, you know, humps that you either couldn't get over or had to find a way around. Uh, what what's the the biggest thing that that has held you back from achieving what you feel is is your podcasting success and and how do you measure your success is it through downloads through financial gain or is it just through self expression how 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 do you find you know what what rating do you give yourself as far as success and how do you measure that um i think especially that we are literally a two-person operation. It's uh, myself and my partner, John. Shout out to him. I think we've done quite wonderfully for it just um, being us and literally flying on the seat of our pants the first few years just trying to figure out what is this besides just being happy to express ourselves and having other people be able to hear the show. Um, I think one of the biggest things that held us back, especially at the beginning, was maybe not being as focused on what our format was going to be since we were literally just uploading our recorded show that we did at um, Rutgers Radio and just throwing it out onto the internet into the world we had to tie up some of our format and our content um, which was more so on the end of reducing interviews I think sometimes music shows get too dependent on interviews Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instead of putting out the personalities of the people who are behind the show and I look back at some of our older shows, I'm just like, why the hell did we interview this person? Was it a favor or something? <laughs> Damn, we could have just been doing so much more. But, you know, part of that, I think, was a growth process. And, you know, in between doing the show, we moved around and, you know, we had our own various, you know, life tribulations people had to deal with, with you know, people passing away and stuff like that. So there were some years I think we were a little more distracted than others. Mm-hmm. Um that's the biggest thing. On the other hand, I feel that we're really successful, not just because of our downloads and stuff that I think are pretty good and they actually have been growing this year, which is awesome. Um, I think it's the interaction we have with the audience. Like, there are people who are just who will literally email us and hit us up through social media like, where's the new show? It's not here yet. I really <laughs> need to have something new to listen to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, somebody cares, and I'm just kind of going through – my puttering around since anybody who's into podcasting, this is not a cheap endeavor <laughs> to do. Yeah. So there's times you might be there like, what the hell am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. Um, we've gotten um, various DJ gigs of all sorts through the podcast, which is cool because people, I can just say, listen to our podcast. You can see some of the stuff that we play. And if you want to top 100 stuff and everything, that's cool. We could do that. But here's a bit more of the vibe we're on. You have people like, oh, that's cool. We'll have people who, whether they agree with what we say or not during the commentary, which we can get some very interesting um, feedback sometimes <laughs> with um, what we do. Um, they'll, you know, y'all have people who just say, like, I agree with that or I don't agree and here's why. But it'll be mostly civil feedback mm-hmm. from people. And, like, folks who just say, like, I've never heard this particular viewpoint. I appreciate that. That's 
you know, that's different. That had me more engaged on top of the music aspect of stuff. And with the music, we've had a ton of people who've been very appreciative just being able to hear something different because the corporatization of radio here in the States. Where it's like, Drake's cool, but I don't need to hear Drake every damn 30 minutes. Right. I don't need to hear Nicki Minaj every 30 minutes and Sam Smith and all these other random people. Where it's like, you can hear some of those folks there if we feel the music is cool, but you can also hear all other types of people from different areas of the world where they might be big in their area of the world, but they might not be big here. Or people who are just on the come up. Who would have said, like, hey, your tune's cool. We'll give it a try and we'll get lots of feedback and questions asked about the music that we play. Mm. So things like that have been very encouraging with doing the podcast. And actually, um, one of the bigger, I guess, bigger, more measurable things about doing the podcast is that's actually how I got my TEDx Orlando um, presentation. A chance to do that, which was very interesting, um, by the way, and we will. I will be reviewing that on uh, next week's Ritual Misery podcast. Just so, just to throw that out there. Oh, cool! Hooray! I, I hope it's a good review. <laughs> <laughs> not like, and we've had this nice lady on the show, and her presentation sucks. So I hope it's not that way. No, no <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, Kent, Kent and I actually try to. Uh, this, this is a little little bit of our story. We both love TED Talks, and it's one of those things where. There have been a few episodes where we've had to say, yeah, I, I don't recommend watching this, this TED Talk. Uh, typically, when we come across those, though, we will watch another one and try to find one that is actually worth talking about and that we can recommend. We don't like to put out there how, you know, some, some TED Talks, I mean, every, every group of media that you find, whether it's a song list or a, a certain artist or whatever else, you're going to find stuff that's just, like, that's not... That's not uh, adding value to the the overall whole. Um, however, we we try not to focus on that. We try to share the positive reviews and the things that we can actually learn from. So it's uh, it's very uncommon for a non recommendation for people to go watch a TED talk that we re- re- review on the on the site. So oh yeah, that's relaxing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, essentially, I had actually reached out to TEDx Orlando to see if they wanted to have somebody do some of their music portion of um, their programming that year. And the wonderful um, folks over there reached back out to me like, well, we're not necessarily looking for that, but we've listened to some of your show. And I'm like, oh, God, because people sometimes take it in certain ways. Right. And they're like, I really like, you know, some of the stuff that y'all were talking about in the viewpoints and things, even some of the things I didn't necessarily agree with and you seem like you can speak you know pretty well in this particular format would you like to do a TED talk I'm like holy crap Uh, uh, (laughs) I did not see that coming but yeah I'll do one how fast can you hit that yes button (laughs) yeah that that was pretty much it like I just come back in later in the evening one day and I see this email I'm like yeah it might be a year no whatever but it was like one of those yeah we're you know looking for speakers and you know, I've listened to you talk about some subjects and you seem to be very into things and passionate and can, can we do this? So it was like, yeah, that's how um, that inf- situation came about. So that's definitely a definitive, here's how my podcast helped me out <laughs> type of um, situation that I didn't even anticipate getting right. into. So that was cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so... Let's let's mention uh, you you you've mentioned how you've had success in, in going from uh, from radio from you know college radio into actual like no shit radio. I say that, but you know we all know college radio can be no shit radio as well. Um, oh yeah, to None, beyond shadow of a doubt, I will not say that there haven't been stations. I've been like, oh mm, 
okay then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um how how has your uh, your fan interaction or your 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 I don't even want to say fan, I want to say listener. How has your your listenership changed and how has that interaction changed and 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 molded the show that you've that you currently put out there as opposed to if you didn't have that um how you know where where do you think you would have gone if you didn't have that that interaction with with the listeners um hmm well i think with the podcast i get more interaction but it's because i'm also accessible at any time for people to listen mm-hmm. like Midnight to two is a weird time where you sometimes get some weird folks on um, your phone lines wanting to um, talk about stuff and everything else. <laughs> but um, we actually had a pretty interactive audience for, I guess, that time frame back in the day with the limited resources we had to communicate, especially when I first started. Because it was all just going to be when people called in when you were on live. Sometimes people would leave voicemails. Sometimes um, they wouldn't via the station now you can listen at any time in in a way you can communicate at any time like i'm pretty i'm pretty active on social media i've reduced my twitter interactions more just due to like time constraints but you know through the twitter facebook especially email and all that you'll get a response back from me pretty quickly and sometimes it's or email it's pretty cool to like wake up and like to see people ask about different stuff and want to check things out or um yeah just um give more credits on that end i think it's helped out more in terms of how we structured the show to a degree because now we do our show kind of in thirds because we have a long form three-hour show mm-hmm. and there were times where I think it was like a little wonky where it's like, damn, they're talking all day. Here's only a little bit of music or here's a whole bunch of music, but this news item came up. Why didn't y'all talk about this news item? And sometimes like, Hey, we're still two people who actually try to pretend to have lives. (laughs) So we got, you know, other stuff to do besides check things out. But it's a cool thing because people are that interactive. Like, um, there's times I'll like come home and take a nap and I'll wake up and my email box is flooded with a whole bunch of stories and some because we even as much as I myself am a very voracious reader, I'll try to check out as much stuff as I can for to talk about each week on the show mm-hmm. on top of my partner. There's some stuff that you're always going to miss because you're not up 24 hours a day mm-hmm. or you don't live in a certain place. We had a story where people were telling us about um, the crazy history of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Irish, um, Irish, um, orphans of African descent because they had a big thing over there about having them be recognized for stuff that happened. And I'm like, I would have had no idea, but somebody sent us an article from the Irish Times. Some things that happen here in the States unfortunately don't get covered by our media the way they should. Mm -hmm. And you'll have somebody from the UK or Russia or somewhere in the Middle East, they'll send over a story where they're covering a certain thing in depth that if I didn't get a local news story about it, I might not have known about for... <clears throat> a little while and then just with the music in i mean the internet has been i think on a lot of levels the best thing for music creativity in ages and the flood of music that one will get from places you might not even think have a jumping music scene and you'll be like damn it's awesome and a few years later down the road while they're working on their career you can be like i was literally one of the first people who played this track 
or knew about this person that was cool, like back in the MySpace days, which Jesus Christ, that makes me feel old. <laughs> like I need to wave a cane around. Like that was one of the first times like that in the MP3.com era. You were just there like, wow, like I could instantaneously get this music. I don't have to sit at a mailbox and necessarily wait mm-hmm. to get a track. And now, even though sometimes you'll have maybe more crap in your box than good stuff, when you get the real good golden stuff, it's like, I can instantaneously get this. Right. And that's wonderful. I don't think anybody who loves music can hate on that particular aspect at all. I wish musicians got paid better, but that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole conversation in and of itself there. Um, Indeed. Now, uh, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's talk some, uh, some, some raw numbers, if you don't mind. When you first started your podcast, about how many downloads were you getting? Psh, man. I honestly can't even remember. It was probably maybe like a few hundred or so per mm-hmm. week um, when we first started. But I was also like, it wasn't necessarily a big thing. I was just more like, somebody else listens and cares. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes it awesome. And, uh, and, um, and now and, we get about, usually we get to at least two, two. I think we maxed out this year with one podcast about maybe like 4,000 plus downloads per week. Nice. Like we do pretty decent and one of the things we're trying to work on more is you know expanding um our this is all the business garbagey talk but i guess more of the branding and marketing to a different level mm-hmm. but um we have really nice steady numbers and all of that and um honestly on that level i can't complain plus there's way more people who are podcasting now yeah than beforehand and one had to look at stuff and you know that regard is there's way more healthy and unhealthy competition mm-hmm. that's out here and um i'm definitely curious to see how things go as the future goal comes along especially now that we're seeing this rise of the podcast network right now and uh, stuff and uh, i'm uh, hoping it doesn't become like a big thing like how all these other forms of mass media get co-opted Right. In terms of the big guys and the little guys. No, now that is something my uh, my ritual misery podcast co host and I uh, can't. We we've actually talked about you know what if what if a network wants to pick up the show and and you know how how would we approach that? And I think we've we we're currently loosely associated with Diamond Club TV uh, with the Diamond Club with the chat realm and everything else. And, and it's basically a group of of shared fan base. It's not necessarily a network in and of itself. And I think that's exactly where we want to stay. I think we really like this, the loose association aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, you know, as far as networks go and, and associations go, how, what kind of experiences have you had with that? And, and where have you taken that? Um, we've talked about and looked at the um, network thing right now. And if it's like of like-minded people, and listenership, I don't necessarily think it will be a bad thing per se. We have a lot of, I guess, like loose incorporations we have with certain other podcasts that we've gotten cool with. And, you know, we'll like hype each other up and all that type of stuff. It's not like a formal type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, in a weird way, like the network thing, I think it's still in itself flying off the seat of its pants. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's a whole new aspect to the podcast situation that hasn't happened before. Like, you see, like, BuzzFeed has um, theirs. Well, NPR has always been under their own umbrella anyway. Um, I think there's the Panoply Network and all these other folks. Right. Um, no, if we're no, able to keep our freedom 
right. to do what we do. And every once in a while, you just got to hype up another show or whatever and all of that. And everybody gets, you know, mutual push and rise up. I don't necessarily see that being a bad thing. I would just have more of a concern of the networks that try to shit on other networks and independent people they feel might be a threat to them. Right. And I unfortunately feel that that's going to probably be inevitable. I'm hoping it doesn't get as cutthroat as other things are with these other forms of media. But um, I don't necessarily see networking being bad. Like I like seeing how some of these smaller networks are doing stuff. Right. Like in D.C., I think um, the GOAT, um, Goat Radio Network is doing stuff that's more DC-based podcasting that's in terms of more talk type of radio. Mm-hmm. And they got their little collective, but they're like, hey, you got your freedom, you do you, you know, we just have our basic thing to hype us up every once in a while, we'll do our big push for right. y'all. Like, I like that format. And, and, and shared revenue, shared fanship, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, that to me is, that to me is a good build. Like, and that still can keep you on a decent size indie media basis mm-hmm. of stuff. Like if NBC was like we're doing the NBC network, I'd get nervous because <laughs> I'm like something funny style is going to happen. Um, like I'm still leery about how iHeartRadio is, quite frankly. Yeah. With podcasting, since I'm like you can only go through I think like Spreaker right now with them, and then they're like some some shows I've heard from people who mess with them can get can't get approved some shows can't get approved and then i saw a whole big thing of legalese and i'm like i don't know how i feel about that you know yeah I, like I, some things get flipped with your rss feed and i'm i get, like, I get real nervous scared. i get real nervous Besides, anytime there's legalese and podcasting in the same sentence that that i, I don't know I, I like my independence i like being able to come on here and say whatever i want to say however i want to say it and the consequence of that is is my viewership you know my listenership and I don't have to worry about, you know, like Twit Network, uh, you know, is a great network, but there's certain restraints that they put on people and there's certain, you know, there's certain attitudes and certain views that they don't want shown on there because it's the Twit Network as opposed to, um, you know, being fully independent. I can literally come on here and do anything or whatever I want. And the only consequence is, am I going to get listeners by saying that, um, you know, in my point of view, as we discussed earlier, is... I'm not going to change myself or my points of view in order to gain listeners. I'm just going to put it out there and, and, you know, hope I find a following people that that have similar opinions or whatever else, but I'm not, I'm not Mm -hmm. a serious quackpot with the crazy racist shit and everything else either. So, um, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, chocolate info wars over here. Okay. Like we, you know, (laughs) we have certain stuff that, you know, we're into, we have certain stuff that we're not, we have certain stuff we're very passionate about. Like I think one of the biggest podcasts, we got a whole lot of feedback from was when, um, the Rachel Dolezal's business was happening Mm. over here. And, um, yeah, I kind of went off on that for, um, various reasons (laughs) and, um, yeah, stuff was all over the map with that, but it was still one of those, I appreciate you expressing yeah. yourself and what you do. And it's like, for whatever reason, that has an audience. And that's the funny thing when it's going to get to this networking situation, because some things are going to be brand new. And that's going to be awesome, and people might have a basic idea of what they want. They're going to start off a new show. But if you grab on these established shows, you know, are you going to try to just hop on the wave that they build up? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to try to compress them into a, a box that might not be comfortable for them, which ultimately is going to affect the show and your network. It gets very weird on that level. Yeah, that, that gets back to that natural speak we talked about earlier, the, the natural personality and uh, how, how if you put off 
you know, something other than what you actually are, it's going to affect things and people are going to be able to notice. And, and that's, that's going to have an, an effect one way or the other, you know, uh, some people might like, yes, I like the, uh, the semi-staged, uh, boxed in version of this person more than the natural speaking version of this person. But, um, I th- again, that goes back to the internet policing itself that we talked about, uh, before the show. It's, you know, the, the podcast is going to police itself by viewership and by sponsorship or whatever else. And, and I think that's really important. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think ultimately the thing with podcasting is people want to hear an authentic voice. You can hear inauthentic voices through any kind of mainstream media outlet Everywhere, right now. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, like, that is not the hard thing to find. To find somebody who just there like, hey, here's me, or here's this fast to me I'm not able to, you know, put out there, and this is just off the cuff, and this is how I do, and this is stuff I like, and this is stuff I don't like. And you can be there like, hey, I'm actually dealing with in a weird way, it's a, I feel it's the normal people's medium right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, hey, this is a person who I could chill with. Right. Or I could talk to, or, you know, you might engage in a conversation with or whatever. They like some of the same stuff I do. And I guess maybe that's why some people look at it as a quote-unquote nerd thing, because you weren't trying to be the cool person. Right. You were just being you. Just happened to be that you also were a, a you into a whole bunch of technology that nobody <laughs> probably thinks right. about till they want to get to this themselves. So, like, well, like, I just look at the network situation as being a good thing. Cause that means this is a medium that is growing and wants to be viable beyond two plus decades. But where is that going to go? Like, I don't want to join the Ticketmaster of podcasting. Right, right. I really, really, really don't. I don't want to have to change, go to a company like, you know, Clear Channel is always going to be Clear Channel. Fuck iHeartRadio. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, I I understand the cleanup with the marketing, but I'm just there like, I've, I've been doing this music thing and other stuff too long. When I heard them changing them, I'm just there like, really? That's going to make us not look at you like the evil empire? Right, right. Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Like, I don't want this wonderful medium to become that. Because even if you look at podcasting, it just in terms of when people talk about certain topics. With the past year or two around here in the States, a lot of Fellow podcasters I listened to and or know when some of these um, racial situations were going down, this was a place where you were able to kind of talk about stuff freely mm-hmm. or straight up freely, whatever side of the box that you were on. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, first hit the ground running in terms of talking about certain things that were happening instead of maybe two or three days later, like literally with some shows, but they're like, oh, now NBC News is talking about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, now CNN's talking about it. Like, this has been known, but that was because maybe the second you see something via an email or a Twitter feed or it's a message or whatever, and you have an interest in checking it out, you can put something out there right? and research it and, and talk about things. Like, you don't really have that even in the 24-hour news cycle that we have um, here right now in the entire world happening in a way that it is happening via you know, podcasting. Everything isn't going to be a Fox News. Everything isn't going to be MSNBC. They got lots of um in between, and maybe even stuff on the fringes of the other places which you can find via podcast. Hopefully, you're listening to a relatively smart podcast. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think al- thing, along those lines, know. it's going to be very interesting if the transition is made because you know news is now watching twitter and they're they're monitoring twitter and catching on to things that they wouldn't normally see because it's trending on twitter it's going to be interesting to see if that if the same thing happens with podcasts like you know uh 
they start listening to podcasts and monitoring podcasts to see what people are actually talking about. So it shapes their broadcast shows and becomes a feeder for CNN and MSNBC. I think that's going to be a an interesting transition if it happens. And I, I could see it happening, but either way, I, I think this, that, that might actually add some, some validation to it. The same way that uh, the news organizations following Twitter sort of added some validation to Twitter and some value to it, so... Sure. I mean, I can see them easily being like how they did a reporter on the street thing, mm-hmm. grabbing up stuff from podcasts that, well, well, the ones that would allow them to, which I'm sure would be a whole other thing. I'm pretty sure we're going to run into. Yeah, they're already freebooting. The uh, or people grabbing on these personalities. They're already freebooting YouTube. I can't wait until till they start freebooting uh, podcasts. It's going to be an interesting, <laughs> interesting that's, aspect of that's things. That's going to be a very fascinating um, period <laughs> of um, people's lives, I'm sure. Now, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely see it happening. I mean, even these outlets we're talking about right now, they have their own podcast, even if it's just like a mini version. Mm-hmm. of what they do live on TV and they'll like kick that out there like I know Rachel Maddow has hers. Yeah. Uh Bill Maher actually you know, just Fox News has theirs and all that. Bill Maher puts uh his his HBO show out um I think a week later in in podcast form and you know I, that that to me is much more digestible. First of all, I don't have a HBO subscription because Game of Thrones isn't on right now. And two, uh, it's something it's something I can listen to as I want to on my phone, not something that I have to digest in a certain manner. And uh, I think that's that's one of those, those aspects of podcasting. That's you know that transition we were talking about, how going from you know you recorded your radio show and just put that out there to where now your podcast is its own entity. Um, you know that's that's one of those forms of, of old media that because it's time shifted and it's put into a non paywall situation, I think that actually adds value to the show, you know, to his original HBO show because now he can actually gain listeners and viewers uh other than just on the hbo front um and of course it's time shifted so that the hbo part of it does maintain its viewership and it's you know uh the, the monetary aspect of it but i think that's something that can be useful as well sure definitely definitely even for some of these actors who are on these other shows right now like i listen to um how did this get made mm-hmm, recently mm-hmm. which is an insanely um funny um movie review podcast of like awful movies right and i'm listening to the show i'm like this guy sounds familiar then i end up looking i'm like oh i watched the league so two of the guys who do this show <laughs> right do the league holy crap you know and in a weird way that's like a little side promo thing for them like they might say it once or twice but it's not a big thing i'm like i'm just into this particular show and way they're talking but i'm just there like oh this in a way can help out y'all's careers in a way that it wouldn't necessarily have been traditional right in a hollywood form like aisha taylor has her um podcast mm-hmm. uh mark Marin, all these other folks you, you might have most have been like oh they're gonna do some stand-up i might see them on tv here and there they're using it in a whole different way that still maintains who they are yeah but they don't gotta wait till i don't know wednesday at 10 p.m yeah, and and in the case of Mark Maron and Joe Rogan, they actually have such a huge following on their podcast that it's, you know, that, that it feeds forward their other careers. So yeah, like it's it's very interesting to seeing how this is going to go. Like to me, I don't see podcasting going away anytime soon, especially if nobody screws around with like net neutrality and stuff, oh, which is no. a whole other thing for another day. <laughs> but um, one other thing about podcasting, folks, um, you will learn about all this technical crap. And policy stuff when you really if you're really into it mm-hmm. yeah and, 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 into it, or not. And, and you have to i i think it's 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 one of those things it's a required education like you need to pay attention to this and you need to understand what's going on not not necessarily so you can talk you know intelligibly to it 
but because you need to know what's going on, what's going to affect the podcasting world and how it's going to affect the podcasting world. And there's a lot of podcasts out there that will discuss things like that. I know um, the Daily, Daily Tech News Show is huge on internet neutrality and trying to explain it down, you know, dumb it down to to levels that I understand. And uh, that's something that, that you kind of have to monitor if you're going to be in the podcasting world because it's going to affect you whether you want it to or not. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like things like that and um, net radios, like you better pay attention to how they're taking care of royalties yep. and how you can distribute your stuff and quite frankly, how the internet's going to work, period, yep. with, with the entire thing with net neutrality because we were screaming about it for a minute. And then I forget what happened all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden it became a thing. Well, but it was just there. Like I'm glad it became a thing. But it's like one of the first places I would we were us talking about it, and then you know other people talking about it from the, the tech shows and political shows to just regular people just there. Like, hey, you want to be able to access our damn show and the, the way you're doing it? Yeah. Pay attention to this net neutrality thing, and here's places that break it down really easy, like Free Press and all them other people. So you can be like, okay. I'm I'm I have my geeky side, but I don't like reading policy papers all day. <laughs> so <laughs> right, how yeah. about you go here and, and, and check this out and see how it's gonna affect your entertainment, yep. if nothing else. Now um And wh- I, I think that's helped out a lot with how it hasn't been screwed with too much as of yet. One more uh w- one one final thing that I want to cover with you uh before you, before I let you go. Uh we talked about finances and uh how expensive podcasting can be and, and uh how much you can put into it. Um, in my experience in podcasting, like the Ritual Misery podcast, this podcast, uh, the the other ones that I've that I've done or attempted to do, um, I, I use a free hosting service. I maintain a website that we pay. I, I, we we host on GoDaddy, and I think the first year was like twelve bucks, and every year after that's going to be like thirty bucks, something like that. It, it, we keep our costs very very low, but it's a lot of work trying to get it out there and trying to make sure that that it's all up to up to date and everything else. Um, but how do you maintain, you know, how do you maintain the, the, the cost benefit uh, ratio as far as hosting and, and uh, you know, web presence and things like that? How, how does that affect you and your podcast and, and what lessons have you learned on that? Um, basically um, my being a tech nerd and a sound nerd has helped out a lot in terms of, you don't got to buy the fanciest stuff. Mm-hmm to do a podcast but you still want to have something that's decent you're going to still want to have a computer that has a good amount of memory and good processor and all of that you're going to at least want mid-range headphones and like um, a mid-range mic if you have more than one person some kind of decent mixer and all of that right and then a lot of things I think just come down to research if you got to use audacity use audacity um there's reaper which is um you can have that on free trial forever, but even if, once you are comfortable with it, you can only pay like sixty, I think, dollars for like a lifetime of updates, and that's a um, a um, digital audio workstation um DAW program that's really, really good. I think GarageBand comes with every Apple for the rich people who can buy Apple <laughs> um, computers. Um, and hosting, I would just say research all the hosting. Like, there's so many more people than when I first started to do stuff with where you can get um the free to pretty um, cheap plan in terms of not just your storage space but your uh, bandwidth mm-hmm. which is going to be affected by how many people download and stream your show and all of that good stuff like it's not the least expensive thing but you know it's not cheap like you don't want to get like the the bootleg mic from 
a giant or Safeways or something and yeah. be like, I'm a podcast. All I got to do is talk. You know, you're going to want to sound good. Like, you don't want, nobody wants to listen to something that sounds crappy. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's going to take up a bit of time and a little more money. And, and if, you, if you want to hear a poor example of podcasts, just go out there and search for, just find a random word or a random topic or whatever else and listen to the, the top three. And I can almost guarantee one of those top three search results that you find is going to have atrocious sound. And by yeah. atrocious, I mean it, it's a, a phone conversation. Like it sounds like somebody's talking through into a cell phone that's being transferred over to a wireless phone, you know, mic to mic to speaker, and then being being I don't know shuffled through the the trash bin and then brought into the microphone. It, it there there are plenty of examples of atrocious sound out there, and it's if you are any sort of an audiophile in any way, shape, or form, it is the most distracting thing, and it will kill your listener experience. And and that is a very, very um, true thing with that. And, you know, you're going to pay some money, but, again, you don't got to get the, like, $1,000 mic and the 64-channel mixer and all that. Even if you want to have a USB mic, you know, put a little bit of money into it. Do some research. You know, maybe even ask other podcasters, what do you use? Mm-hmm. How do you get stuff there? Like, um, one company I'll recommend off the top of my head is a Monoprice monoprice.com like for a lot of their sound stuff it's pretty damn good especially if you're doing like some beginning to mid-range type of stuff Mm -hmm. and you need to get you know your extra cables and cords and all of that on top of maybe like a condenser mic or usb mic or something like that like get stuff like that you know we we are in the world of google now where you can probably stumble onto immediately podcast gonna be like how to podcast Mm mm-hmm and you'll probably get some pretty good advice there. But, you know, you're going to pay money because this type of stuff costs money. Mm-hmm. Unless you happen to literally own all this type of thing already. Which, if you do, congratulations. And if your podcast actually gets a little further off the ground, you're going to probably end up paying more just for your hosting. Mm-hmm. And all that. And or marketing your show. If you want to take it to the next level, whether it's um, flyers and... You know, maybe trying to do events and work with other people on events and um, all other types of stuff. Like, I would say that maybe you don't got to get like the most top tier um, <clears throat> podcast hosting at the very beginning. You don't got to get like whatever plus that costs like seventy five to one hundred dollars a month. But if you're going to get more popular, which if you're putting out a quality project, it's it's going to inevitably happen. Um, you're gonna have to putting money to the side and. With that type of situation, you may want to try to find other ways besides y'all coming out of your pocket, which is going to be how it happens first and foremost, um, ways that you could try to maintain it. Like, we've been pretty blessed and had a decent amount of people who will just literally drop stuff in our PayPal because we don't want to sound like we're begging mm-hmm. for money mm-hmm. with, with what we do. But there's times it's like, oh, yeah, this covered the month. Hooray. <laughs> I can go out and eat something nice this week or take my mom out or something right, like right, that. Right. But, um, yeah, things like um, you can never get into the, the you know, the side PayPal donations or I know Patreon, a lot of people I know are using that right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Including this podcast. And, and stuff, which I'm looking into very, very heavily because I, I like their format. And, um, you know, maybe merchandising, other stuff like that. Like, there's going to be ways to get all of that together but yeah podcasting if you want to take it seriously or even try to do it remotely seriously get something decent i mean basic 
basic studio monitor headphones to mix down your show, decent program, decent computer, decent mic, and, you know, you can always build up, but, you know, don't start crappy and you're going to have, like, an awesome show that's going to get a million downloads right. in the course of the year because you're going to ultimately screw yourself. And um, as Amos perfectly brought out, you can find a crappy-sounding podcast quickly. <laughs> the, the, quickly. Yeah, yep. And if you like listening to anything over like five minutes, you're going to tell this sounds compressed and horrible. And like they're like talking down a hallway with like something scratchy in the back. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Weird, Weird Al was lucky when, when, uh, when his first single hit and he had recorded it in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff doesn't happen on a regular basis. So um, now on, on this show, I know Ritual Misery, we, uh, Kent and I both use, uh, we both use Blue Yetis. Um, we, okay. we, we both bought them on sale, a uh, hundred dollars. So that was our initial investment. I bought a mixer that I actually don't even use anymore because I found free software that does all the, the necessary mixing for, for what our show does. Um, mm-hmm. of course we know we, we record remotely so that, that, that I think actually makes it a little less complex because you don't have to isolate microphones and things like that in, in the same location. And, um, other than the, uh, the, the blue yetis and, uh, uh, the the mixer um uh, uh, maybe one or two software things that probably cost 20 bucks each i know like uh uh shit audacity's free we actually use a an older version of uh, an older gifted version of audition is what we use to actually mix and record and produce um and it still works just fine like we we everything that we're doing on this show is essentially low cost we have free hosting like i said our web page costs us out of pocket but that's covered up by uh some of the amazon um affiliation that we have and we're not we're not making money in the podcast and that's not our goal our goal is to is to have fun and put something out that the people want to listen to and, and have interaction with um i'm sure if we if we had a business mind about us, we would do more and and put more money into it and and try to expect more of a return. But if you're just wanting to get out there and and experience podcasting and share your point of view and have viewership, it doesn't doesn't take a whole lot of money. It takes an initial investment and some concern and some give a shit. But other than that, it's really not an overly expensive venture until you start getting you know up into the thousands of listeners and and downloads a week, and then you start really need to look into better hosting and, you know, better SEO opportunities and things like that. So I think it's important to know that podcasting can grow with you. It's not something that you need to just jump into with, like you said, you know, $75 a month uh, hosting services and things like that. And and I think that's something that's overlooked in a lot of podcasts that talk about podcasting. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, worst thing that happens if you start out small, holy crap, people really like what I'm doing. (laughs) Now it's time to, you know go up to the next level. I mean, we started out small, especially since, you know, podcasting was, I think, more super new. It was like, eh, if people like it, they do. If they don't, they don't. And then it was one day, it's like, damn, we got to pay how much to maintain this right now? <laughs> Not horrible, but mm, okay, but it's like, we actually got people who care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those weird, backward signs that people care, which is like, I'm going to have to spend more money, but damn it, they care, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and, and if they care Let's enough. get that out there. And, it's can- not even necessarily a business thing for us. Like it's helped out on our business and the various music stuff that we do, and that's been awesome. But it's literally what like it's almost like that weekly time. Like if you're having a crappy week, sometimes it's like oh, I can get up in here and we can just 
vent and let it out and bug out and be silly and play some music and usually at least for that three hours or so, mm-hmm. we feel better for today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's backward self therapy sometimes I think for people <laughs> who I know who um, have done podcasts for a while where even if um I've gotten on one show not too long ago and we were just being extremely silly it was like yo this has been a horrible week with the news in this country <laughs> but it was nice just to be silly as hell for yep. three hours and just talk about something else all right and be amongst like minds and all that so podcasting semi free therapy <laughs> semi semi free uh, uh, preferably <laughs> low cost therapy or or, or uh... yeah I'm about to say cheaper therapy I should say. <laughs> It certainly won't cost you hundreds of dollars an hour. Well, it, it shouldn't be anyway. If it is, you're you're probably doing something. If it wrong. is, you had the wrong host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Mary. How can people reach out and uh, and and find more, find out more about you and listen to you and and find uh, what you're doing and what you're involved in? Well, folk can definitely um, check um, me out and my partner out via the show that we do with the um, Fusebox Radio broadcast at FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. On Twitter, you can reach me at Fusebox Radio. On Facebook, our Facebook like page is um, Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, one word. Um, I don't mind people trying to join my personal page, which is Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio, but if you're stupid, I am one of those people where my social media is a benevolent um, <clears throat> dictatorship at best. If you act crazy, <laughs> I'll kick you off. I have no problem with that. And um, just search for Fusebox Radio Broadcast via your favorite um, podcast um, streaming or download service. I think we're on the majority of them right now one way or the other and on the Fusebox radio page we have our rss feed so if they don't happen to have us automatically pop up with our awesome logo you can um put that in there and go on ahead and grab us and um of course itunes stitcher tune in audio search all them other people um we're on and hopefully you get a chance to listen to us after you listen to ritual misery and undotted and all these other wonderful folks and um you like us give us a rating we really appreciate all of that type of stuff or hit us up by email or whatever other means I, I, and thank I, you for having me on again this has been fun yeah the, the, i think uh real quick the, the itunes rating people i think underestimate that listeners underestimate just how much that actually means and how that can help you uh get get uh viewers by putting your podcast up there on top of the the itunes list and things like that so definitely definitely go out there and rate Fusebox radio uh rate this show as well if you would be so kind um, you can find me on Twitter at Ethan Kane. If you need to know the story about that, just listen to the Ritual Misery podcast. Uh, you can follow the show at Undaunted Cast on Twitter. Uh, RitualMisery.com forward slash support is the way that you can find all the different ways that you can support this, uh, this venture and the Ritual Misery podcast itself. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for allowing us to use your music, uh, IncompTech.com, if you'd like to get your own royalty-free music. For me, for Mary, and for all the aspiring and veteran podcasters out there, Thank you for joining us on this journey. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 